Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. Perfect. 35, 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Red Cup Auburn Podcast. I'm joined here, as always, with my co-host, Wheeler. And today we're kind of going to be breaking down just a little bit of the Auburn-Arkansas game from last Saturday, but uh, we're going to try and have more of a focus on the upcoming South Carolina game that will happen tomorrow. So, uh, Wheeler, we're just going to jump right into it. What were your initial thoughts about the Auburn versus Arkansas game on Saturday? Fire Gus. Give him COVID. I'm becoming a Clemson fan. These are actual quotes, y'all. This is pitiful. No. Uh, yeah, the Auburn-Arkansas game, I mean, that was tough. Um, that was really tough. Uh, I just actually went and rewatched the game because um, I had the day off work. And why el- what else would I want to rewatch than the Auburn-Arkansas game during <laughs> Hurricane Delta? You know, an exhilarating game. Um, but watching it back without the emotion of the game and everything – um, I think you get a much more perspective on, you know, it was just a, it was a weird day. It's a weird game. Mm-hmm. And yes, I mean, Auburn is not a great football team this year. Um, it was my hot take coming in that Auburn was going to compete for a championship this year. And well, Auburn is not competing for any championships this year. And I think when you have the expectation you're going to compete for a championship and you watch that, it makes you really, really mad. But what I think I've just resigned to the fact that this team is going to be 500 most likely, maybe six and four if we get lucky. Um, you know, if we really get lucky, some teams catch some COVID or something, we might go seven and three. But I think the expectation has just really been tempered for me. So I'm not expecting as much and when you're not expecting as much it's a lot easier to swallow uh what i saw during the auburn arkansas game yeah i mean it was you know it, it was not a great game you know it started off it looked good you know up 17 nothing early and then it all just kind of kind of fell apart the wheel started falling off and luckily you know the, the 10 points in the fourth quarter did help and uh auburn was lucky to escape with a win but uh so obviously the first thing we're going to talk about Bo Nix. I mean, he's going to be the subject of, you know, every talking point. He didn't really, he didn't really didn't have another great game. He had 17 of 28, 187 yards um, and a touchdown, but his average completion was 6.7 yards. I mean, that is atrocious. I mean, to compare his, his opponent Felipe had 10.6 yards per throw. So it was just, I mean, it was not a good game. Uh, you know, some of that is because of the rain. You know, the ball was heavier. It was slippery. It's harder to throw the ball. Some of it was uh, with drops. Um, an interesting thing that I thought, if you look at his 
uh, adjusted completion percentage, which I believe it ta- I know it takes out drops and I believe it takes out throwaways as well. He had an 85 completion percentage. So I think that's, you know, something to look at a little bit. You know, if you eliminate some of the, uh, the errors that weren't necessarily his fault, he would have had a great completion percentage. But we got to be able to throw the ball downfield. I mean, this this whole just running everything short and check downs and all that, it's it can beat Arkansas, but it's not going to be able to beat uh, some of the bigger uh, juggernauts that we play yeah on the schedule. But so well, Bo did not have a super exciting game, in my opinion. Here's the thing. If you go back and watch, I mean, what was, let's see, what was Felipe's longest throw of the game? His longest, uh, they don't have it on the box score. I, I don't remember Felipe just like carving Auburn up for these deep throws. Really, what I remember more is the, the short receiving line. long was 44. Okay. Yeah. So not a ton. Um, really, he's he was throwing the same pass as Bo Nix was throwing, and the Auburn defense was just missing tackles or was, so out of position that the guy was wide open and running in the conditions. It's really hard to throw the deep ball. Um, and so I, I'm really, I'm not that concerned about Bo Nix. Um, I know a lot of people are really melting down about Bo. Um, I'm still a fan of Bo. I think uh, he had a, I mean, he's just had a tough situation. You, you look at the defenses he's played and you look at the receivers. I mean, Noble, did you see a bunch of wide open receivers on Saturday? I did not. I didn't either. I I didn't even see any really any mildly open receivers except for Anthony Schwartz. And hey, the guy had a bunch of catches. Um, had the most catches for Auburn with uh ten. Um, so he has a good game. The guy that's open has a good game. Imagine that. Um, but it's like you said. I mean, the adjusted completion percentage. Seth Williams against Kentucky. I mean, Mawson, everybody, catching everything. Gets Georgia. He, you know, has a couple of drops early and a couple more drops, drops that touchdown. Man, what he did on Saturday was just – he's bad sometimes, you know? he's. Yeah. I think yeah. they that said on bad the broadcast he's hurting his – his knee's hurting him and his ribs are hurting. Um, and when you have a rib injury as a receiver, I think it's really hard to catch the ball in traffic because you're trying to, you know, kind of protect those ribs. Um but he's not doing him any favors, you know? I mean, he dropped yeah. several passes. So, I, I'm not ready to get on the bandwagon of Bo Nix, you know, was overhyped and all this. He's just had a terrible go at things. And I expect this weekend to really be a defining moment for him. Um, Seth Williams is probably not going to be much healthier than he was last week. Um so somebody else is going to have to step up. I think it's time to see Shedrick Jackson do something. He did some good things at the end of last year. Um, and then, again, Schwartz, let's see if he can make some catches that are not off of screen passes or the little you know jet sweep where he p- pitches it forward. Yeah, uh, I agree. And, you know, also uh, Eli Stove is expected to come back on Saturday. Uh, he's he's currently listed still as questionable, but I believe he practiced all week. So that's a good sign. And while I don't think Eli Stove is an all-world receiver, you know, he is a he is a guy that Bo Nix has, you know, he's got the timing with, he's got experience using, and it's another guy that Bo Nix is used to throwing it to. Eli so I'm Stove, hoping... Noble. Has he, he ever is, caught... dude, I... Noble, has Eli ever caught a pass that was five yards past the line of scrimmage? That you Off can the top think of my of. head, it has been it has been the the longest pass. I, mean, I can't remember a whole lot of long. Pass. I do remember a lot more. I feel like he went downfield a lot more when he had Stidham. 
I feel like Stidham threw it to Eli a lot downfield a lot more than Bo does, which I'm not really sure if that's just the difference in Chip Lindsey and Chad Morris or what's going on with that. I don't really know. But, you know, it, it will – I do think it will help Bo if he has a guy like Eli uh, in addition to having Anthony and Shedrick and uh, Xavier Capers and those kind of guys. Um, but, yeah, so I, I do agree with you. I do think this is a, design, a defining factor for Bo. I think that he really needs to have a good game uh on saturday i mean that's just he he really needs to have a good game for really for the fans too so the fans will kind of get off his back you know he he really needs to perform really well on saturday again we said it last week grant loy is currently the backup he threw more interceptions than he threw touchdowns i don't know what the fans want um we were talking about it on Sunday. We went to lunch, and we were saying it is okay for fans to criticize a player or a coach without wanting them benched or fired. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not always the answer. You don't have to say that everything that they did was perfect to want them to stay in their position. Um, Bo Nix, has he been perfect? No. Did he fumble the ball on the last play or the spike ball? I mean, yeah, he did. But that doesn't mean that you bench him, you know? So I, I yeah, think I mean, people I look, need to chill look, out. you've got – yeah, I mean, look, if you look in the NFL, Tom Brady didn't know what down it was, and they lost the game because of it. He's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and he forgot what down it was in a critical situation. Do you see the Tampa Bay fans being like, oh, we need to bench Tom. He's an idiot. He doesn't know what's going on. No, because they understand sometimes you make a mistake. Sometimes you don't play your best game. You don't always have to get benched. It. It's ridiculous that everyone always wants someone to get benched. But regardless, we're going to move on. Because Eli Stove is back. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, the bright spot of the Arkansas game was Auburn's run game. Uh, You know, against Kentucky, the run game was pretty non-existent. Um, Against Georgia, it wasn't great. Uh, Tank made some good plays, but as a whole, it wasn't great. Against Arkansas, it looked really good. You had Tank Bigsby, 20 carries for 146 yards. You had DJ Williams, eight carries for 71 yards. And that's kind of what uh, what I've been. This is kind of this is kind of like the Auburn that we're used to seeing, you know, run the ball. And I like the the two feature backs. You know, Sean Chivers will most likely be back uh, for the game tomorrow. I think it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works out, but seeing the, the tank and DJ duo, I, I, I love seeing it. It reminds me of, you know, the, the one, two punch that we would have in, in previous years with other guys. Um, unfortunately, you know, with Harold Joyner, he, he transferred Shivers has been out, you know, it's kind of been, you know, you're forced to have two guys, uh, so I, I think it's interesting that we we've been doing the two guys. I think it'll be interesting to see how we do with the third. Um, but I, I do like that we have kind of gotten to the point where it's two backs. And I hope that we kind of stick with this, that we're doing the one-two punch instead of always putting someone in, you know, not letting anyone get the hot hand. I hope that we kind of kind of keep, keep with our identity uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, Tank Bigsby had an outstanding game. I mean, 20 carries for 146 yards um, with a 7.3 average. And then, obviously, DJ. I mean, you got to have that second back that can come in because your leading back has to have a couple of plays off. Um, but he, I mean, had a better average per carry. He had 8.9 yards per carry. Um, he had that big chunk run, which was really nice to see. Uh, Tank had a 26-yard run, so that was good that we had, you know, two chunk runs that were both longer than anything we had had all season. Uh, 
so that was good to see good to um finally have some o-line play i know we were killing the o-line last week so here's our policy on the pod yes we give the honest opinion when somebody is terrible we'll say they're terrible but if they do well we'll give them their props last week i said that the o-line was absolutely garbage this week i i would give them a b plus you think that's a fair assessment i think Good job. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, you can always get better, but I do think, I mean, there were some plays where the hole was wide open. There were some places where it wasn't, but I do think that they played, uh, I mean, it was night and day. They played much better than they did uh, against Georgia. So I don't think anybody was calling them, you know, road graders or anything, but I mean, they were a serviceable SEC line that gave Auburn a chance to win the football game. Absolutely. I think made a lot of great plays where there was no hole and, you know, he's doubling back and running here, there, and everywhere. And, I mean, that's just what great running backs do. But, I mean, the line at least didn't have the guy, you know, five yards in the backfield tackling him where he has no shot. And I know that that's kind of a low standard. But, hey, props to them. They did improve. Um, I think South Carolina is another team that Auburn's going to be able to run the ball on. Um, They are not as strong up front, obviously. I think Kentucky and Georgia, they're probably going to be the toughest defensive lines Auburn faces until the Alabama game. And honestly, after watching Alabama against Ole Miss, they may be the toughest defensive lines that Auburn's going to play. Um, yeah. So I'm optimistic with how the O-line played. Um, again, if Eli Stove goes off and has the greatest game of his career and is amazing, I will proudly come back on here and say that I was wrong. But props. That's to what we O-line. like to hear, baby. Yeah, for, for stepping up and making you know themselves look a little more respectable. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, that And, you know, kind of adding on what you said about South Carolina's uh, defensive line, we can kind of transition to the uh, the South Carolina talk. Their, their defensive style, uh, you know, defensively, they like to keep you – I mean, they don't they don't like you – they don't give – they don't give you easy stuff. They don't like you getting easy catches. They, they want to – they play a very aggressive style of defense. They pin their ears back. They go to the quarterback – uh, they've gotten they've gotten really good pressure on the quarterback in a lot of these games that they've played so far. So I think that the offensive line has a uh, a good test coming up. You know they gotta they gotta protect Bo. They gotta give him some time so that he can throw the ball so that it'll open up the run game too. Um, but you know now, that, that's another thing. Wouldn't what? you say that a lot of the pressure though that they get on the quarterback comes from when they're bringing the like they love to blitz. Yeah, like I wouldn't say that their four man. I mean their four man rush is pretty solid but yeah. run defense they wide, like to blip. it's yeah it's not been the best and i know that they bring i mean because that's i mean we had uh oh, what's their defensive coordinator's name he played at auburn he coached at auburn um i can't remember right now it'll come back to me but when he was at auburn he loved to blitz Muschamp loves to blitz so we're gonna actually see that i think that this will be a week that there's opportunity for auburn to hit some deep balls off of you know them bringing the house yeah and i agree and this is this will be a big game where we can this will be like the next the next step of gauging tank bigsby you know we've we've seen him running we've seen him catch out of the backfield we've seen how he does with the ball in his hand i think it'll be interesting to see because he's gonna have to pick up some blocks he's gonna have to read where the blitz has come from he's gonna have to get to the spot and he's gonna have to make a good block for Bo to have time so i think that'll be interesting to see how our backs block and i also think it'll be interesting to see who they pick to be you know, kind of the third down guy, you know, are they going to pick tank? Are they going to pick DJ? Are they going to pick Sean? Like who are they going to pick 
to be that block, you know, the the best blocking back who can uh, just kind of give Bo the most uh, the most time. I think it'll be interesting to see that. And that's the thing that you know I I encourage everybody to kind of watch. You know, when you want to talk about when you want to talk about how a running back plays, you got to look at all aspects of their game. And I think that we'll we'll find a lot about Tank uh, tomorrow. I agree. Um, but but I think Sean Shivers was a big. I mean, for being a, his size, he's actually been a pretty good blocking back. And we've seen him mm-hmm. and we've seen DJ. We haven't seen Tank be called on to block, which does frighten me a little bit about now that Shivers is back, how much action Tank will actually get. Yeah, and I mean, I hope, you know, I, 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 I'm not trying to knock Sean's talent or anything, but I still think that Tank should be the feature back. I mean, I, I, I like Sean, but I don't think that he would have done what Tank has done the past two weeks if he was in those shoes. And I think that Tank should be the running back one. I think he is the most talented guy. I said this before the season. I said that he, the most talented guy in the backfield, I think that he needs to be still the face. I think that sh- I absolutely think Sean should see the field. Sean should get carries. But uh, I definitely think that it should be Tank getting about 20, 20 carries a game, personally. Yeah. Tank is on another level than any of the other running backs on Auburn's roster right now. And that's not necessarily a knock on the other running backs. I mean, he's on another level than most running backs in college football right now. I mean, he is a serious, you know, early round NFL prospect. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, if you look at his, if you look at his missed tackle numbers, he forced 14 missed tackles on 20 carries against Arkansas. For some comparison, uh, if you look at some NFL guys, some of the best uh, NFL running backs uh, that are playing right now, you got Derek Henry and Dalvin Cook are kind of the two premier backs in the league right now. Therefore, they've, I believe they forced 24 and 23 missed tackles respectively on like 79 and like 82 carries. I mean, you can do the math. Like, I mean, I, yes, it's college in the NFL, but I mean, you're looking at the, the best of the best, the best running backs in the world and how many missed tackles they force on the amount of carries they have. And then you look at Tank forcing 14 missed tackles on 20 carries. I mean, that is just absurd. That is just insane. But, uh, yeah, moving on to uh, South Carolina a little bit more. They have a decent run game. Uh, they they like to they like to kind of have their their number one running back Kevin Harris. They kind of they rely on him, kind of like how Auburn did with uh, on Johnson. Not too many guys, different guys get some carries. Um, Harris's uh, stat line last game: he had 21 carries for 171 yards, um, eight eight yards per carry, and two touchdowns. But that you know, the uh, the average was inflated just a little bit because he had an 88-yard run, but this is a guy that can break off an 88-yard run, you know? I mean, so this is this is a talented back. Um, you know, Auburn's defense is going to have their hands full stopping this guy. Uh, so, I definitely think – Yeah, think without that- the 88-yard run, I mean, you can go back one week and he had just about as many carries and he had, he had one more carry. He had 22 carries for 100 yards um, with his longest being 11. So that shows, you know, without a big chunk play to really skew the stats. I mean, he's still a hundred yard back against number three Florida, um, which I think is pretty impressive. Um, the Tennessee game, he didn't play too well, um, getting only fifty five yards. But honestly, that Tennessee defense has been pretty stout throughout the year. So I, I don't know that that's necessarily a knock on him as much as it is a props to Tennessee's defense. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but you know, the, these. You know, South Carolina, you know, Muschamp is more of a, 
you know, he, he's got more of the traditional SEC mindset. You know, he wants to play good defense. He wants to run the ball. And so, you know, if we, we, we got to stop Kevin Harris before we stop Colin Hill throwing the ball. So I definitely think that that's what Steele's game plan is. Uh, the defense needs, 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 needs to do better tackling in the open field. You know, Auburn, usually that's been our strength of the defense the past couple of years. Um, you know, with injuries and all that, you know, some of these guys have been missing tackles, but we got to, we got to shore up. We got to be, you know, making the tackle. We got to be, you know, no blown coverages this week. I think that this week we need, to put on a state, this will be a statement week for the rest of the year. We need to beat these guys. You know, we don't need to be, we don't need to be struggling with these guys in the fourth quarter. We are a better football team than South Carolina. I'm not saying that we're going, I, I'm not saying that I'm necessarily confident that we're going to be blowing these dudes out, but we should beat these guys by double digits. 100%. Uh, I mean, here's my thing. This is an SEC team. The, Really, the only game that they've lost by more than one possession was to Florida. They lost by 14, and if you watch the game, I mean, South Carolina was <laughs> hanging in there. Noel's giving me a dirty look right now. We watched that game together, and I was, you know, hyping South Carolina. It was a close game, though, honestly. Will Muschamp really messed up his clock management. If you all remember back to Twitter about two weeks ago, Muschamp <laughs> did a terrible job. There was like two minutes and 30 seconds left, and he's running the ball at the middle and not calling timeouts or hurry up or anything. So he could have made it a one-possession game. South Carolina is a sneaky good team. I do not expect Auburn to win this game by double digits, even if they play well, because, I mean, Tennessee, good football team, didn't beat them by double digits. Florida, good football team, Probably shouldn't have beaten them by double digits because it was a much more competitive game than the score indicated. No, well, quit giving me that look. I'm not giving you any look, bro. They just absolutely obliterated a terrible, and I mean terrible, Vanderbilt team that has no fans or players. Yeah, I agree. The the Vanderbilt, I, I really don't think you can read too much into anybody playing Vanderbilt. I think that Vanderbilt is one of the worst teams in college football this year. Not even, not even if you, I think that if you put our, uh, Vanderbilt in the Sun Belt, I still think they lose the majority of their games. I mean, Vanderbilt is a terrible football team. Uh, they made the, Bo Pelini look like a good defensive coordinator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not. I mean, yeah. Don't even get me started about Vanderbilt. But so, you know, South. the thing, I, I, I know they are a good football team. They are an SEC team. I get all that. But we sh- talent-wise, we have more talent than these guys. I mean, if we've got Steven Garcia 2.0 beating us, like, the thing is, if we want to still be mentioned in the – like, we're, right now we're, we're technically – I think we're tied for second in the SEC West which is – I don't really know how that's happened. I don't really know how the tiebreakers work. But the thing is, if Auburn still wants to be mentioned in the – well, they're, they're competing, quote-unquote, meaning that we can, we can beat a Texas A&M, we can beat an LSU. You know, if, you, if we want to still be in the conversation to beat these guys, we have to beat the South Carolina team. And I think that we need to beat them somewhat convincingly. I know they're a good team, but the thing is, if we can't stop a South Carolina offense, we're not going to stop an LSU offense. We're not going to stop a Texas A&M offense. If we can't score on South Carolina, how are we going to score against Alabama? How are we – like, I know that Alabama's defense didn't look as good, but Alabama has so much more talent than South Carolina. It's going to be extremely difficult to 
beat these better SEC teams if we are struggling mightily against South Carolina. I think this is a huge game for Auburn that we need that we need to win for morale. We need to win for respect. I really think that this is a a pivotal point in the season. Okay, here's the thing. If Auburn scores more than 30 points, would you agree that they will win the game? Yes. Okay, I agree. Auburn and Georgia, only two SEC teams that have not given up 30 points or more this season. That's an incredible statistic. That shows how bad a lot of the defenses are in the SEC this year. Uh, South Carolina has not scored over 30 points in any game except for the Vanderbilt game, which we just discussed. Terrible. Throw that out. That is like playing your cupcake game. Okay. So I think Auburn can get to 30 points. Both of their opponents, Tennessee and Florida, both got over 30 points. I agree with you that Auburn can win this, needs to win this somewhat convincingly. But what I'm saying is, is I don't know that the offense is potent enough to get into the 40s and 50s to make it really look like a runaway. I, I, I don't do know if scoreboard, it can be a convincing win. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yes, on the yes. field watching it, you can say, Auburn is clearly the better football team, but I don't know that this offense can get – like this offense is not going to be able to get into a track meet with Ole Miss and Alabama. It's, it's just not. It's not built for that. Correct. I don't know how we have all of these guys that we, you know, talk about in the offseason that are just these awesome weapons, and then they just like seem to disappear, you know? Yeah. I mean, who are who is the big play weapon on Auburn's team right now? I mean, exactly. We don't know. Exactly. Yeah, we don't. And know. that's a, and that's a thing that's been, you know, it's been kind of a, a, a crit, you know, critics have been saying that about Auburn is that they don't get too many explosive plays. And I think we've had, I, I believe it's one play over 35 yards all season. And it happened. Uh, it was that 40, 40 something yard run by uh, DJ Williams. And, you know, it, it's just a thing where the, the offense needs to be more explosive in addition to being able to move the ball. And I do agree with you. I don't know if our offense can score in the forties and fifties, but I think that our defense, our defense needs to, they need to force a turnover. They need to for, you know, force something with momentum, get a short field. Special teams needs to make a play. I think that our defense need, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. I think that our defense should play a better game than they have. I think that our defense is better than what they've played. I think that talent-wise, we ha- our defense has not been playing to their abilities. You well, know? they also haven't had their players. Yeah, that is true. They've been losing their leaders. You know, I mean, you've got, you know, I, I believe only one team leader was play. Only one of the team captains was playing on uh, Saturday. So you got Big Cat, KJ, and Sean all out, and Bo was the only team captain that was playing. You know, that's that's difficult. You know, you've got a lot of starters on the defensive side out. You're hoping to get some of those guys back. But if you look at their backups, like some of these backups were all rated higher than what Arkansas was starting, you know? And I feel like it, I don't know if it was just that they that they didn't have their, you know, their proverbial coach on the field, as some people like to call it, or it was just they – I don't know what it was, but I, I think that our defense is better than – it's not as good as it was last year. I'm not saying that, but it's better than what we've seen so far. And I'm hoping that we will be able to showcase that uh, tomorrow. Do you think that Jalen Simpson is as good as he looked in the Kentucky game? Because 
if he is, I mean, that changes the defense. Because you look at, I mean, Felipe is the reason that Arkansas was still in that game. They were not really running the football that well. Not really, um, yeah. I mean, the, their leading rusher had 81 yards and was averaging 3.9 per carry, and their their Which second leading rusher was Felipe. Okay, so the running game was not doing it. The Auburn linebackers were snuffing out the run game. In addition to, can we just talk about those freshman defensive linemen? I mean, Auburn's defensive linemen, the Colby Wooten, um, and then who was the – was it uh, Zacavius Walker? Was he mm-hmm. – yeah. I mean, we had some freshmen really stepping up and playing well. Um, but, I mean, it's looking at – we're seeing the DBs just getting cooked. Um, and so I think Jalen Simpson, everybody's kind of projecting that he'll be back this week. They said on the broadcast on Saturday he could be used in an emergency. And I don't know what they deem as an emergency because almost losing to Arkansas would have is yes, that's emergency lights in my head. But I also understand – Guys coming off of a hamstring problem, you don't necessarily want to throw him out there in the you know wet mud and slipping and have him out for another several weeks. Um, yeah. So I think having him back is going to be really big because that's honestly been Georgia did the same thing. Auburn, I mean, yeah, they were running the ball up the middle more than Arkansas was, but those third down conversions, it was uh, Stetson Bennett just throwing these little dump off routes to wide open guys and then them taking their yards in the open field so I think the Auburn DBs are really gonna have to step it up this week and I really hope that Jalen Simpson's back and that he's as good as he looked in that Kentucky game yeah I mean I agree you know Simpson played really well against Kentucky but the thing that the thing that just eats at me the most is that the guys that are getting beat I feel like it's not even it's not even like Pritchett you know like it's not even like the guy that that came in because of the injury it's not it, it wasn't Simpson against Kentucky it's not the guys that are the new guys. And like, as much as it, you know, you don't like anybody getting beat, but it makes more sense if they're the replacement because of an injury or it's, it's one of their first starts, you know, you've got McCreary got absolutely toasted on one of them and he just made a terrible play on the ball and Arkansas got a long play. I think that was the 44 yard play that they had. McCreary played last year, you know, like yeah. he, he was, he was the first guy in when anyone needed a break or anyone got hurt. He was the first guy in. Yeah. Christian Tut, dude, Jalen Waddle broke that man. He was balling. I mean, week one, he played great against Georgia and against Arkansas. He was terrible. I don't know what it, he's got. He's got tons of talent. He knows that it's his third year starting. He knows what's going on, and he was getting beat. You got Smoke Monday. Was he's hurt. Beat. Yeah, he must. He's got to be. I don't know. And then you got Smoke Monday. He's getting beat. It's like you've got. You know, you've got your guys. You know, the, the, those are your, it's not like it's like, oh, well, yeah, well, you know, Pritchett came in, he got beat, whatever. It's your, these are your, your talented guys that have been there and they know what they're doing. They know the scheme and all that. They're the ones getting beat. And that's what, that's what needs to change. That's what those guys have to have got to step it up and play to their talent. So that's what, that's what I've got about the DBs. Yeah, but um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, eleven a.m. tomorrow, another eleven a.m. kick. Auburn's got it against South Carolina. We'll have another one the next week against Ole Miss. You know, this is what happens when you don't when you don't play that well. You play at eleven o'clock. That's what happens. So, uh, yeah, we'll be watching. We're excited about the game. Uh, I think it'll be a very telling game. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how our guys react to the adversity they've encountered. Yeah, I'm excited for the game tomorrow. 
I think right, well we I think we need to all just agree beforehand that we're not gonna transfer our fanship to Clemson and agree beforehand that we're not firing Gus and that'll just make the game a lot more pleasant for everyone at the Red Cup Auburn page. <laughs> Let's hope so. But yeah, so we'll see you guys. We'll talk to you guys. Uh you know, this week I've been super swamped. We'll hopefully can get to our, you know, the two podcasts uh, a week thing that we that we wanted to do. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to figure all that out. But we will see you guys next week in War Eagle. War Eagle.